I'm your inner dream monologue and you're fast asleep. So I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Drunk Church Show. I'm Daniel, and alongside me is Big Blue. Big Blue, you're not wearing blue. What's going on, on there? I don't know. I couldn't find my Drunk Turkey shirt. I don't know where I left it. My other blue shirt, well, I used it on Monday, so I don't want to use it again. Even though it's clean, I washed it's it. It's clean. <laughs> I washed it. But, uh, and then my other shirts are just blue tees. And I feel like being a little bit, I wanted to match my face. That way I can blend it in from the sunburn. You know, you won't see like, my tomato face. Ah, so I see what you're trying to do. You're trying yeah. to uh, offset it so it's not as noticeable. Yeah, gotcha, man. Gotcha, gotcha. One thing is some, some block always washes off when you're in the in the water so yeah keep reapplying guys because not you'll turn into a tomato like me <laughs> well um stay safe stay out of that sun man i wouldn't i wouldn't swimming today we took a, a little rogie out oh, nice. she got to go into the pool for the first time she had a very busy day she got to go to the pool today and then we went to the aquarium she got nice. to see uh, a lot of the you know the fish and the stingrays and the, did you let her pet a stingray um, no, nah, we didn't let her get that close to the water, but I did. <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> and my kids always say, Oh man, we got we love petting that stingray that was there. Yeah, man, we, we fed the stingrays. That was that was interesting. That was interesting. Have you, have you ever time, done that? Not there. The only time I ever got this catch stingrays when somebody else caught one and I had to throw it back in the water and take gotcha. it off the hook. So. Gotcha. Well, you don't want one of those bars, man. Yeah, I, I know that's the first thing I did was step on the tail when I was trying to get the hook out because it was stuck in there, man. So. Ooh, well, that's dangerous, dangerous, my man. So <clears throat> today what we wanted to talk about, I mean, and first, before we get into it, I want to say that Brian Koberger is presumed innocent. He is uh, presumed innocent until, until proven guilty. And today's show is just 100% theory. 100% our opinion and 100% speculation. That's why I got the disclaimer going down because uh, 100%, we don't know the motive. I mean, Blue, do you know what the motive is? No, I don't. I have two theories that go through my head that why he could have done this. So. Yeah, I got, I got one that is really brewing up as a possibility. Um, but again, like, you know, we really don't know who he is. You know, I don't know him personally. You know, we only know this guy based off of, um, you know, what the media has put out there. And obviously, it's been a little bit biased and one-sided. Uh, would you agree to that? Yeah. It's been, he's the one. Yeah. So, 
he's been a little bit, you know, they, they, there's been a lot of stuff that's come out about him that ended up not being true. You know, stuff that has to be redacted, fixed, whatever, by mainstream media. And um, so, you know, we have to take that with a grain of salt, right? So yeah. without further ado and putting that all to the side, if Brian Koberger did commit this crime, Big Blue, what is your first, like, what is your first thought on it as to why? So at first, uh, I looked at the targets he chose. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he chose two good-looking young ladies, or, well, he ended up killing, you know, uh, four people, but I think the, the targets were the, you know, the two young ladies that were in the, in the room upstairs. I think maybe he got infatuated by one of them and he got dismissed. Maybe he met him at the restaurant and that upset him. And with his mindset he was in, uh, he wanted to see, well, let's, maybe I can punish him in a right. certain way and, and so, I can get away with it. That's what I think. So you think that <clears throat> that they met at the restaurant? Uh, do you think that's because it was the first thing that pops up uh, for vegan meals? Yeah, I think so. Because, you know, when you look like anybody, you're going to look for what you want to eat. And when you look at Google it's gonna keep, or Yelp, it's going to tell you, the, I guess, the most star-ranked restaurants close to you. Right. So I think, um, I think that's where he probably met him. As for as far as the confusion in the poll, I, I apologize. You only get so many characters to type it out. Uh, what the poll is referencing, and let me pull it up real quick so I can read it. Uh, it is. Oh man, my computer is working slow right now. In fact, my my. I, I think my other theory makes more sense. That's what I'm like. That's just one of the theories I think everybody would kind of think, and I would think. But. So, so the, the the poll is: if Brian Koberger were to, um, if there were to be a plea on the table to take uh, the DP off, and that plea was to know why, the motive, why he committed this crime, would you take that deal? You know, I know, for instance, uh, BTK he did a huge like court appearance and he uh, talked about what he did and, and how he did it and, and why he did it. Would you be willing to take the death, the DP off? And thank you so much, uh, the Evil CJ Show uh, for coming in. Would you be willing to take that off the table? You know, he'd still go to the prison for the rest of his life um, to know, to have a court hearing to know why he committed this crime because uh, and that goes to why you know we're doing this show as far as you know the uh um the today's episode on the motive it's not saying that he is guilty and by answering yes or no is not saying that you think he's guilty or not uh you can take brian Koberger's name out of it and and, and imply whatever suspect you want you know in fact that's why Brian Koberger's name is not attached into the poll. You know, if if that was one of the, uh, uh, if that was, you know, one of the bargaining chips, would you take it? 
if my back was against the wall, you know, I'm pretty sure once they get to review the grand jury, um, I guess, indictment, and then to see what evidence they have against him. And if you know you did it, and you know you're going to get the death penalty or the shooting squad, and you care about your life, then I think I would take the deal. But if you don't no, care... No, but what I'm asking is if you're if you're the prosecution, would you offer that deal? I'm pretty sure they will. I'm pretty sure that to get the families maybe some sort of answer or some relief of like why this happened it wasn't because of a certain thing i think mm -hmm. they would yeah i i that's but I think some it's of a, the fam some of the families they no no deal death penalty yeah no exactly i mean i know some that that's what they want but you know when when it comes down to it um When it comes down to it, I think that knowing and getting that is part of closure to a certain extent. Yeah. You know, I've never been in their, you know, in a victim's shoes like this, so I, I, I don't want to speak for anybody that has. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would just think that, you know, I wouldn't, I would, I'm curious, maybe perhaps, maybe, I don't think, I don't know, well, you know, I'm not even going to ask that question. Um, but the motive is important to a lot of people, to a jury. It could be extremely important yeah right and so when it comes to your theory blue you think that maybe perhaps they he may have met them at the mad greek um you know from our knowledge and talking with certain people that were close to the area and, and close to the situation um it doesn't seem like a time where where brian koberger was seen at any of the parties uh you know that were these girls frequented and, and ethan as well uh, so it's quite possible that's the that's the theory so you think that at one point that he may have um, um try to make contact with him what, what makes you think that maybe perhaps they did have the tinder warrants do you think that his name would be in there uh, maybe if they were all the dating apps because it pops up uh, like and on Tinder, you know, he'd be the one probably making contact. Um, because it ain't, it ain't like they found him on Bumble where they would make the contact with him. So I think that, or I also think, you know, maybe, uh, see, the thing is, we know a little bit of insight, but we don't know if it's true. So that clouds my judgment a little bit about following them on. Yeah. But, but the thing is, here, here's the thing. They had the social media warrants for, for all the girls, right? Yeah. So they had the messages that were coming in. They had the Tinder warrants from all the girls and uh, or whoever had one. I'm not sure if all of them did or not. But I do know, I think, I believe uh, Kaylee did have one. And I believe uh, the paperwork stated that they were into looking at 19 different pro, uh, pages. Don't you think that if, if Koberger ended up there, right, you know, they have they would have looked at him a little bit harder if he was on one of those things, you know, from our, from our understanding, uh, uh from the paperwork, they weren't looking at Koberger very, very hard up until the point where that genetic tree was done. And the FBI gave, you know, Moscow police department, their name. And that mm -hmm. happened on December 19th. 
So they had these warrants way before then. Don't you think they would have been watching him and would have known that he was in the Pocono Mountains, you know, December 16th and not the Eugene, Oregon, you know, Elantra that was crashed uh, in late December? Because that's who they thought he was. Yeah, I mean, they looked, they looked into it pretty hard. So I would say. So I don't think they, he was there. I don't think that. I don't think that's the answer. Yeah. And as I said, I don't think it's true. Or maybe it is until all the paperwork comes out and see what they find. Yeah. I mean, you know, we don't know for sure, but I, I feel that if we look at what the evidence that the police department had at the time, that I feel that we can kind of follow where they were l looking at. And in my opinion, if Koberger pops up in one of their messages and he drives a white car and they have pictures of this white car, right? I think they start looking at him really hard and it's not gonna take until December 19th to come up with his name and it's not gonna be December 23rd when they get the phone thing. So I, I for one don't think that's the answer. Yeah. But for me, it has to come down to like, what kind of person he is. You know, I don't think he was a guy that was an incel. You know, I, I recently watched a uh, an interview um, with one of his like high school buddies. Oh, it was an interview with a, a podcast with one of his like Brian Koberger's high school acquaintances. And in that interview, uh, his acquaintance had mentioned that he had lost weight and had girlfriends. Right. And he had had confidence and, you know, it wasn't fitting the narrative. So that's why he wasn't on um, the mainstream media. So I, I don't I don't fall into the incel theory. I don't think that was the, the situation. I don't think it was them turning him down. What is one thing a lot of people say about him, though, Big Blue, that have known Koberger recently? Uh, well, to me, a lot of people were saying that he was the smartest person in the room. Oh, yeah. He yeah. was, um, you know, those type of things, right? And, and with, he, go ahead. He wouldn't have been nominated for that the PhD program if he wasn't a really smart guy. Exactly. And in fact, an associate professor at DeSales, Michelle uh, Bulger, uh, taught Kohlberger and described him as a great writer and a brilliant student. In my 10 years of teaching, I've only recommended two students to have the PhD program, and he was one of them, she told the Daily Mail. He was one of the best students ever. Everyone is in shock over this. So he was coming from an area where he got his master's degree. You know, um, he was one of two people in her 10 years of teaching to get recommended for the PhD program. And, you know, in my opinion, if he, you know, this is an ego thing, you know, this is uh, him coming into or going into a rural area, uh, thinking he's going to be the big fish in a small pond. Yeah. And it doesn't work out that way. Right. First and foremost, he applies for internship at the uh, Moscow Police Department in the spring, in the spring of um, 2022. 
This was dated April 12th, 2022. And this is a uh, email between Brian Koberger and Chief Gary uh, Jenkins of the uh, Pullman Police Department. Now, a lot of folks wonder, did he get the job? Did he not get the job? Well, why would he be applying for internship again in Pullman Police Department in the fall of 2022 if he got the job? Uh, if he had, if he got it when he applied in the spring, so he didn't get the job then. Things start falling apart. We have his teaching assistant job is falling apart. Now this is a guy that's coming from gets his master's degree, one of only two people. And his teaching job starts falling apart. And one of the things that people, you know, were saying was, and this is one of his students. Um, he was pretty strict as far as grading goes. Um, when he came into class, he was very, uh, you know, not super mentally present. He would stand up at the front, look at the ground. Uh, he had a lot of like boilerplate responses he would give people rather than, you know, maybe something he had thought up on the spot. It seemed like he would be. You know, he, he'd come in knowing what he was going to say to like most interactions. And then when he would grade your papers, he would be grading you on what he ended up calling like a higher standard. But what it really felt like to us was he was grading us like he would have graded himself as a PhD student. Um, and so that was just kind of like, you know, we were all annoyed by him. And so I knew his name, you know, I knew like, oh, T.A. Bryan, like he's he's kind of he sucks at this. Like he's, he's grading us too harshly. And that was like an annoyance. But obviously beyond that, we just thought he was a little weird and kind of, you know, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I don't like, you know, when he used the term grading to, you know, his standard, people are saying he had to be the smartest guy. And yet the police department isn't choosing him twice, apparently. And he's fallen down, he's falling apart, his teaching assistant, you know, system is falling apart. I think that this is a... Uh, I don't think this has anything to do necessarily with the victims as much as maybe perhaps Brian Cobra wanted to uh, commit a crime that could, that would end up not being solved to make this police department and the departments in the area, um, you know, look bad. I think that was the target. Oh, that's a good theory. And, you know, you have, in the, in the probable cause affidavit, not only did he write and apply for an internship in the fall of 2022, but during this um, application, let's see where it says, it stated somewhere that he wanted to assist with, he had an interest in assisting rural law enforcement agency with how to better collect and analyze technological data and public safety operations. That's a dig. He's saying that basically in this thing, he's saying that this backwoods type, low level, inexperienced law enforcement that he 
is going to show them how to better collect. You get what I'm saying? I wonder why he said that in that fall. Maybe because he wasn't appreciative, or obviously. I think he was very upset with the fact that he didn't get the intern job back in April. I'm pretty sure he's upset. And he tried again, and then they didn't add him again in the fall, right? We don't know about that. I mean, we don't, I don't know if they, because when you apply, if they would have hired him in the fall, he would have started in the spring. Okay. So that internship is, is different in that matter. Okay. So to me, I think that when you have somebody, and then this is, this is if he did it, this is if he did, I, I think that you have a guy who, and, and just to kind of resummarize everything. You have a guy who has turned his life around, went from a very large man, lost weight, gained confidence, um, you know, turned his life around from, you know, uh, having a drug habit to uh, being a PhD student uh, and things just start falling apart. So I, I, that's, that's where I'm leaning towards this because there is, there hasn't been a connection to, to, to the victims. Yeah. You know, I, I understand that there's the possibility that he was following them like on social media, but at that point, um, he could easily say that, especially if he didn't start following them until after the incident, uh, that, that was because of the incident. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. What, 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 can you poke holes in it, Blue? I want you to poke some holes into it. That's basically what I want you to do. Yeah, I saw somebody put, put a, a, theory, a thought in there, and I was like, that is a good point. And she, they said that those applications were for Pullman, not for Moscow. So why do you commit the crime in Moscow? That is true. That is true. But I'm, I'm fairly positive he probably, um, I thought I had read something that he had applied also in Moscow. Yeah that they could apply, but I, I haven't, I haven't found it. So if you, if you do have it, if anybody can find it, just send it off that way. Then, but yeah, I don't know what his motive is. Again, that's why the disclaimer is down, down at the bottom. We don't know what is, what the, uh, the motive is. Uh, this is just my theory and my thoughts and opinion and speculation based off of what we know. Yeah. Right. So, so my other theory that I was thinking of is, so this this picture is he he he's his world is kind of spiraling. His TA jobs going to the the crapper. You know, he put out that I get that the 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 study out on and with Reddit talk to the com to the uh, people that got com uh, didn't get convicted for crimes you know and how they got away with it but he got over infatuated with his work and he just started like uh, you know because some people do that they're like they get too involved into certain things where they forget about the real life that's out there and he wanted to prove his theory that you can do a 
horrific crime and get away with it. Uh, why he chose that house? Maybe it was accessibility. Um, you know, it, it did have. Maybe he knew it was a party house, right? So maybe he knew that on the days that they weren't partying, maybe you know somebody's like, "Oh, I went to that house and." The door's broken, so you can't even lock it or something, you know? Right. So he's like, well, that's that's an easy way in. But it's hard, man. Like, I, I, I don't know. But to choose them, I think he, like, if the theory of him following on, on Instagram and liking other photos, I think he was infatuated with one of them. I mean, there's that, I mean, there's that possibility. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I don't, he had to have chosen them for a reason. What I'm saying is I don't think it was necessarily anything that they chose, they did for that reason. I think his reason was probably, you know, something unlogical. You can't put reason to somebody that's unreasonable, right? Yeah. So he, he, you know, what his reason was them, uh, it could have been a lot of things. It could have been, he met them. He was infatuated with them, as you mentioned. Or it could have been the fact that, you know, he wanted to commit a crime uh, to get back at law enforcement in the area or whatever. And he was choosing, you know, somebody at random. It could have literally been anybody at random. It could have been somebody that he felt, you know, a group of girls who had a lot of people over, a lot of parties. You know, it would be a, uh, the scene would be crawling with DNA, you know. <laughs> And I think he would know that. He would know that the, the house would be full of DNA throughout the entire house. Now, I know that, you know, in the motions or whatever, that they only specify three different types of DNA. But those three different types of DNA were only the unidentified ones. Yeah. It wasn't all the DNA that they gathered from the house. And that was only also in the areas that they mentioned, not in the entire house. So there yeah. could have been thousands of DNA or hundreds they could have had 140 uh, different types of DNA samples. And we knew that there was 150 people that were there the night before the incident, matched them all up, know where they were all at and cleared them all. I mean, we don't know the answer to that, but we do know that at that point, they only had three. I want to say thank you, uh, Amy Terry, for your $2 super chat. A TA is a scholarship contract and hard to break. Uh, very much so. So he must've been doing some crazy stuff uh, to be in that consideration. Um, and whatnot. Now, a lot of folks are asking or are putting on there if we had seen the um, oh, hold on. if we had seen the uh, new documents that were dropped out today. I had. I really don't see anything in here that's too alarming. Um, the defendant's second motion to compel discovery, they were granted that. So. <clears throat> We'll get into that in a second, but I do say uh, we'll talk about that here in in the next five minutes in the second half of the show. But but before we do, let's get you know I want to finish our conversation on the motive. Yeah. So like like for me, I I just feel that I don't think he's an incel, and a lot of the if he did do this you know it, it seemed like he had that narcissistic um characteristic possibly i mean i don't know the guy right yeah 
but based on what other people are saying, you know, how to be the smartest guy in the room, how to know all the answers, how to do all that other stuff, right? Yeah. You know, if he feels that this, you know, rural area is holding him down or, you know, especially like, for instance, maybe he did feel offended by uh, whoever they did choose as an intern because they had to have chosen somebody. I think they only choose so many people, right? Yeah. Let's, let, let's just say the person that they chose for that internship was somebody that he felt was beneath him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's a lot of is, but like I said, this is my theory and, and speculation. Um, we're going to be, uh, if you want to pull that up, I got it. Okay. Yeah. D. Attaway says, 999, do you think years of being bullied by school kids set him off when he was uh, grading kids uh, too harsh and his life was falling apart? I don't think so. You know, when I was listening on to, I believe his name was Chris uh, in yeah. the interview. And when I was listening to it, he said that he, he would understand that, uh, like, he doesn't, that doesn't fit the narrative. And this is a guy that knew um, Koberger um, through around the time also that um, he was on drugs and before that. And I'm not sure what his you know relationship was after that. After he got healthy, it didn't sound like he was too familiar with him. That you know, after he changed his life and went off and did his thing in college, uh, but he said that he knew him in in high school and that he was somewhat bullied, but that he lost weight. He had gone through a weight transformation, was confident, had girlfriends, things like that. Which you know, he's like, and his thoughts were. If he was going to go crazy over being bullied, wouldn't it have been sometime around the time when he was getting bullied or shortly after versus, you know, 10 years later when he gets his life together and is a PhD student. And so um, I don't think it has anything to do with it. Could he have been bullied to the point where he was you know, maybe hitting the head or something and that has some sort of effect? That's possible. But based on what, that, that gentleman was saying of, of his knowledge of him. It didn't sound like that was the, the situation. Thank you so much, Spunky. Uh, Spunky One Able for your $20 super chat. We appreciate you guys. Thank you. What do you think of what the student was saying about what they would do in class? Do you think he's, he's not talking now until they put him on the stands and, and he's going to be able to defend himself? Because if we watch that video, I kept watching, and it was saying how his his professor would choose him to stand in front of the class, uh -huh. and all the students that didn't get good grades would have to try to, you know, pretend like they're on trial, trying to convince him to to change their grade, and they said Brian was perfect at that like he uh, was excelling at being able to like you know kind of like a i guess uh prosecution you know right right no i understand what you're saying he was like <clears throat> like a lawyer he was able to go up there you yeah. know what let's hear it and let's see what they say and then we'll give our opinion on it a bad grader
Yeah. He actually only left me good comments, which is just kind of silly. Like the only ones I could send in were nice ones, but, but for most people, he was being pretty, pretty harsh in the comments. I just, for whatever reason, he was being pretty good to me. I do think that he kind of uh, debunks the the rumors that were out there that it was only females that he was being difficult with. Um, he states here that it was everybody that he was grading difficult, grading difficult, grading harshly. Yeah, you know, and so to me, it's uh, um, for me. I think that's why I'm not sure if this is like an insult thing as much as like. I think he felt his intelligence was insulted um, by the police department, you know, coming, going into a rural area. This is a PhD guy couldn't even get an internship there. They start failing him and, you know, him standing there and having people, you know, try to challenge him on why they should get a better grade. Uh, in my opinion, it's almost like stroking his ego to a certain extent, because, you know, if somebody's, you know, struggling, right? The persons that are going up there aren't the guys that are getting the A's. They're the folks that are struggling. And you're putting, putting them up against a PhD student. You get where I'm saying? And that's not really a fair match. Yeah. And right. I, I, you know what I mean? Now, I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll listen to it. I'm not sure if it was co-worker's idea or his teacher's idea. Who knows? But let's continue. Yeah, actually... Um, we, we, we had, our professor was big on the idea that like, you know, if we're all going to be attorneys someday, then we have to know how to argue our case. And so, uh, he scheduled a day where everyone, you know, came in ready to argue, to get their grades up, you know, and he brought in Brian and he was like, all right, go at him. And he had Brian stand up and everyone was, you know, like a few people were on his side because they wanted to keep their high grades and not like have questions be cut out or whatever. But for the most part, it was like you know, half of a 150 person class just asking him all these real critical questions and he would answer. And he'd actually, he, he tried pretty hard to defend himself, which was the kind of thing that our professor loved. He wanted the like courtroom environment. And so, um, so there was just a period of class where we were all sort of arguing about this. Not, I mean, it wasn't like yelling or anything, but it was certainly conflict, you know? Yeah, yeah, we just, uh, it would have been about a month before winter break when, like, the murders happened. And we didn't, obviously, build our framework for this around that because we had no reason to connect him to that, you know, at the time. But definitely around then, um, he started grading everybody just 100s. Not like, 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 you pretty much, if you turned something in, you were getting high marks, and he stopped leaving notes. It was just... Uh, you know, he seemed preoccupied is what I would have said at the time. And now, obviously, he seems like he was probably pretty preoccupied. But um, but it was, yeah, it was much easier. You'd turn in whatever you wanted, pretty much. And he was just braiding them up and sending them back. Like, Do you think at that point he was, you know, they had already talked to him about maybe, um, like, I guess, firing him from the TA position and he didn't care no more? So I just started giving hundreds, like, just to try to bring up his grade scores in the class. No, I, I can't. I was, I was trying to find it. I had found something, uh, an article. I, I couldn't find it anymore, but I, I know it's in one of our previous episodes where we talked about it. 
Um, and you know what? Let me pull this off real quick and I'll show you. They gave him a, uh, a plan. Yeah, uh, I remember that. Right. And that was November 2nd uh, to discuss an improvement plan, which he agreed and shared with him on, on an email on November 3rd. And I, I believe that they had met to discuss the improvement plan. And then the outline of what his improvement plan was supposed to be actually came in on November 13th or right before then, November 12th, 11th, something, the, the Friday before the murders, something of that nature. And after that is when he started, you know, grading differently. And so I, I wasn't sure if it was because he committed the crime or it was because of this improvement plan. And because I remember in this article that I had read that it had stated something to the effect that um, although, you know, they, they saw improvement, it wasn't 100%. And then a few days later, he got into a um, disagreement or an argument with one of his professors. Well, that aspect of it isn't in this um, uh, article here from News Nation that was going through the timeline of the information that they had set out for Koberger regarding his termination as a TA, they listed as a timeline. They said on September 23rd, he had an altercation with a, a faculty, uh, with, a t with Professor Snyder on October 21st. Uh, Professor Snyder emailed you about ways in which he failed to meet our expectations as a TA uh, thus far in the semester. November 2nd, uh, Director Wiltz, uh, and I met with you to discuss an improvement plan, which you agreed to and shared with you in an email dated November 3rd. And again, November, uh, met again December 7th, this time with Professor Snyder, as well as Dr. Wiltz and I, uh, to discuss your progress on the improvement plan. While not perfect, we agree that there was progress. Uh, December 9th, uh, there was an, another altercation with Professor Snyder in which he became apparent that she had not made progress regarding professionalism and about which I wrote you on December 11th, requesting a meeting. So he was having issues. Those were documented stuff that were documented throughout the entire time before Brian Koberger became a suspect. Yeah, so that's what I think he was, he was already starting to spiral. Um, maybe, like I said, some people get over actuated with their work, man. Like, what if he started trying to prove his theory that you can commit the perfect crime, but um, he messed it up pretty bad. I'm not sure if that was his theory. I think he was upset with the fact that he wasn't selected as the intern police officer and things weren't going his way. Probably had it all planned out, thought of himself, put himself on this pedestal because when did school start? That on, on September 23rd, he had an altercation with the professor already. No, so only school starts in September. Oh, September or early August. I mean, late right. August. Late August. So within within a month, he's already having an altercation with his professor. Within two months, he's being emailed by his professor stating that he has failed to meet their expectations as a TA. And then within one semester, he is completely spiraled. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of people say he had a lot going for him and, you know, he was looking forward. He had a, he had a bright future. It don't really look like it. it. looked like his future was starting to fall apart. Yeah. yeah. The prosecution has a lot of stuff that they can prove and use to say why his 
mentally why he was unstable. Right. Not, not crazy, because that that would take the, the DP off the table, but mm. unstable that like he had. So. Right. Yeah, because these aren't the moves and the the actions of somebody who um, was on his way of getting that PhD, staying a TA, TA student. You know, I, I don't for one see it. Not not in this. You know, and it goes to, you know, the Linda Lane footage and how it correlates with the probable cause affidavit. You see this vehicle, you know, after four o'clock, you know, it passed by three different occasions on the fourth occasion at 405. After the DoorDash we can pick up, after what I suspect was a indicator of where the residents were possibly you're, inside the house. Oh, there you go. So, so your mic was, was muffled, but it, it cured right there. Right. Uh, we have a uh, $5 super chat. Sadie says, remember BK told the neighbor it was a crime of passion from his own mouth. The motive lies within that statement. I mean, maybe. The, the, the thing is, the local news in that area had, the mayor had came out, I think like that day or the next day, and stated that this was a crime of passion and then walked it back the next day saying that it could have been a crime of passion or a burglar. And that was broadcasted out to the local media and local news stations, not so much like that was on mainstream that's out there on, on Twitterverse or YouTubeverse, right? And so being that Brian Koberger lived in the area, there's a good opportunity that he may have seen that. But I wouldn't put that past. I mean, if he was, if he was indeed stalking, you know, these girls, then he would have known. Whoa, something vibrated pretty loud in my ear there. I my uh, phone, my bad. If, if he was really indeed stalking these girls, then he may have known that one of the girls, you know, had a recent um, separation, right? And maybe perhaps he wanted it to appear like that person was the target. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. To, to throw off uh, his, what they were looking at. But like I was mentioning before, a lot of people say that, oh, you know, he was he was a PhD student. He wouldn't make these simple mistakes. There's a there's been a lot further, a lot more educated, a lot more um, experienced, um, smarter SKs, serial offenders that have gotten caught um, than Koberger. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. No, I know that's what the neighbor the neighbor said that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not saying that's not what the neighbor hadn't said. What I'm saying is that that was on the local news that day. So Brian Koberger saying that uh, yeah. could have been just because he, he heard that. And that was why he said that that was happening. Yeah, because I think maybe he didn't want to talk about the theories of it. So he just threw out what was, was being thrown out by the media. 100%. So... Let's look at some of these new documents, Big Blue. Uh, unless, do you have any other questions about my theory or what the theory is or the the motive? No, I mean, I, I get your theory, but it's kind of hard because. Well, well, what is your biggest issue with with it? What put a hole in it? Let's discuss it. Put a hole in it. Well, like 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 you said, uh, he didn't get into the into that program, so he was upset with the police department, but he. He 
he, if he didn't apply in Moscow, he did it to the wrong police department. So that's my theory. Um, I think he, um, but also it's one of those things where like you don't want to commit crimes in your own backyard, so it's it's kind of hard. Like you want to do it somewhere where you can uh, not be seen walking home. You know what I mean? That is true. That is true. I mean, that could have been the main reason why he did it in the neighboring city because, uh, you know, all the cameras there that followed him in and around Pullman. Um, and, and then that also probably indicates why he took such a long trip around around back home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like covering your, your trails, you know what I mean? If there is a camera that catches you, you want to make sure you, you make it look like you're going the other way. That way, was like, oh, he went back to this town when he really lived next door. Because the probable cause affidavit says that they suspected, and I think that this part, this was done in parts. The probable cause wasn't written in one sitting. I think it was written as it went, and, you know, reports were done as they went, and, and copy and paste uh, was put into it at the end. But these were, it was probably uh, built up of many different reports, copied and pasted, and filled in the middle. But it's stated in the probable cause affidavit, and this is why I think that, that they suspected that Koberger had left through Palouse Drive because is the fastest route to Pullman. But we know he didn't go to Pullman the fastest route. He went this weird, crazy route down, you know, towards Blaine, Idaho, and then Johnson, Idaho, and then circle back up, you know, to Pullman. And mm -hmm. my thing, my thoughts are maybe Koberger is thinking to himself, if I go directly back home, cops are going to be looking for, you know, through the surveillance for probably a 40 minute window because they're going to assume that the person that committed this crime went directly home as fast as possible to get out of there. I mean, that would be everybody's assumption, right? Yeah. And so if you're if you're an officer, right, you're in a, de a detective. And you're like, all right, this crime was committed at 420. We see him driving south on Willenta Drive. If he went to Pullman, he should be pulling up at 430 to 530. Right? So you go through for 430 uh, to 510. So you start looking at all of these cameras that are facing that direction because that's how long you would assume it would take. Koberger don't ride back in until over an hour later. I think yeah. that's why. It, it, it's that to try to throw everything off, or he was discarding the evidence, and that's a big... Well, I, I have no doubt he was Search area. Big search area for evidence. I mean, they would have, it's a lot so, of walking through woods to try to find, you know, the needle in the haystack. Yeah, no, and, and he was gone for a long period of time. So the next, so when he leaves the victim's house and he's seen on Walenta Drive with the vehicle that is suspected, and we're going to say that it's allegedly him. You know, we know he's innocent until proven guilty the whole nine yards, but he's the guy that has been charged with this offense. So we're going to reference it in that direction, right? If he's leave, seen leaving at 420, and where his phone picks him back up near Blaine, Idaho, 28 minutes later, doesn't make sense. There's about a 20, 18 minute window there that's missing. My thoughts are he probably had a spot 
where yeah. he had prepared to go park, either change, drop off things, whatever the case may be. Uh, do we quickly get on the road and get out of there? And then the next day when he's uh, his phone goes off again, he went and picked up those items and uh, took them somewhere else and discarded them, maybe in multiple places. I don't know. He His phone was off for an extended period of time. And I say maybe like he let the phone off, discarded the items because once he turned it back on, if it doesn't show him stop, I mean like I I can't see the actual how long he stopped and whatever, but the GPS can tell, right? If he oh, stopped sure. somewhere and how long he stopped for, so that would be a place where the police would be able to look for the evidence. So maybe he let the phone off till he hid the evidence and then he turned it back on to show hey. I went for a night drive, you know what I mean? Right. If they, and if they did it, quote, uh, quote unquote, investigate him. Amy Terry says, why did he go past Brent's apartment before and after? I, I think he, it's just a way to throw off officers because um, he lived on the northern side of the town, right? And if he would have gone through the northern part of town, uh, they may have been able to trace it back to him. Uh, I, I think that everything was planned specifically. I think he went the longest route and the longer route to get there so that it couldn't be tracked back. So, and and for those that say, oh, it didn't work, he used his own car. It really did. It wasn't, if it wasn't for the knife sheath, in my opinion, Big Blue, I think this guy's still free. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They wouldn't have they, got that DNA. Because they clearly didn't have the car before they had his name. You know, it sounds like they were you know, checking cigarette butts on other people and had a bunch of other suspects. And uh, it didn't, it really doesn't sound like they were really looking at Koberger until they, they got that genetic tree back. And, yeah. and then that's when they started to build their case against him. Yeah. So go ahead. I said that DNA is the biggest thing, man. If you, if you wouldn't have left the night chief, this would still be an unsolved case, I would say. Right. It's, I, I agree. 100%. And so, because um, say they would have done like a search of the phones pinging in that area, his phone wouldn't have pinged. They right. did a 15 mile radius. Right. And as far as like Brent's apartment being there, I think that's just 100% coincidence. I do not think Brent was at all involved. I just, I just don't see it. I don't see any correlation. I never have. And so let's look at these new docs real quick before we call it a show, Big Blue. Sir. So these docs here were the state supplemental response to the defendant's second motion to compel discovery. All right. And so um, this was the defendant's second motion to compel discovery filed on June 15, 2023, in compliance with the court's order of defendant's second motion to compel discovery, ordered June 29th. Nunc prot prolunct. Those. Latin words always got me uh, to June 27, 2023. All right. So request the uh, investigative reports and conclusions of all cell phone analysis, uh, including but not limited to the analysis conducted by police forensics, FBI casting and other Idaho authorities. Uh, the state has listed by responding or sorry, dyslexia. The state has responded by listing page numbers and audio video file names of information and data provided by the defense and discovery. As of June 13, 2023, counsel for Mr. Koberger has not 
received investigative reports and conclusions of analysis of the data con conduct con conducted by police agencies. Uh, okay. That's, I mean, I, I don't understand why they're not giving it to them. Uh, they should. I, I, I'm not against Koberger getting all the information that he should get, you know, to defend himself appropriately. Uh, is that how I'm reading it? That as of now, they haven't gotten that information? Is that the way you're, re you're understanding that, Big Blue? Uh, which part? Let me see. The part that says the state has re responded by listing page numbers and audio fi video file names of information and data provided to the defense and discovery. They have not received any investigative reports and conclusions of analysis of this data. Oh, again, they've gotten the data, but they yeah. haven't gotten the conclusion. They haven't gotten the answer. Yeah. Well, well, I, don't well think, I don't think they have right? to until they go to court. Well, it's not so much they don't have to give them the answer. They give them the answer. I, I, what are that completely wrong? They, they gave them the evidence but they didn't give them like their work yeah so, or you know what i'm saying so for instance i might give you a test but i'm not going to give you the answers i mean no 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 they're, they're, what they're doing is they're saying all right i know that brian let's just say like let's use your example we're giving you the test right yeah the, the prosecution is giving them the textbook and saying we think brian's Brian Koberger is guilty based off of this volume. It's not just one textbook. It's volumes of textbooks. And they're saying, all right, in this encyclopedia set of textbooks is the evidence that Brian Koberger is guilty. And they're handing that over to the defense. And the defense is like, all right, well, there's 13,000 pages here. In what page does it say this? In what page does it say that? It's not necessarily saying it's not there. It's just that they haven't gotten the... Uh, uh, conclusions of analysis of the data conducted by police agencies. That's the way I'm understanding this. Yeah, that's what, it, that's what it sounds like to me. So let's see what else they got. All reports generated related to the identification of the white Elantra. The state has responded by listing various page numbers and filed names and recordings they have previously provided. However, they do not provide any reports generated communications and documents relating to the change of the year of the white Elantra. This, EV or the identity of the forensic examiner who was identified as the, who identified this as the make and model of the vehicle. Uh, I think that's going to be a big hurdle because you and I both think that they didn't come up with the year until after they came up with Goldberger's name. Correct. Well, I, or, I think that, I do. <laughs> what do you yeah, think? <laughs> when it comes to the car, I think they had to review more tapes and, to get the better idea of the year so maybe they, they were able to get the the full version of the you know gas station footage the full version of the neighbors and then they were able to break it down more and find it find the yeah year but when better. do you think when do you think they were able to do that because as of december 19th well that's when it was released by the moscow police department and you know what i'll, I'll find it real quick so we can hear it together. And and this is a big issue. I know a lot of people are saying that, oh, no, you know, yeah, they don't want to tip them off. They don't want to tip them off. Well, look at where we're at now. Right. Because they didn't come out with the right year. Uh, the defense wants to know what's going on. And it doesn't seem because let's just say that was right. They didn't want to tip them off. 
Don't yeah. you think that the prosecution would have came forward and say, no, we already had that information. Here, here's our, here's our receipt. The fact that they don't want to provide that kind of leads me to believe. And the fact that w- what we know is that's not how it went down. Now, does that mean that Koberger is innocent? <laughs> no. Right. You know, but is it a hurdle? I, I think it, it 100% is. I'm going to pull this up real quick. What are your, what are your thoughts, people? Yeah, I think they are going to, you know, question that in the beginning, but I wouldn't, I would say you can't always rely on this uh, analyst right, right off the bat when it comes to trying to identify a car. Um, like, because like I said, I know, like when you do the the Amber Alerts, right? Sometimes they just say it's a gray Toyota. Well, there's like a thousand gray Toyotas. And, you know, until they get the license plate, or they tell you more what model to look for. So until they, you know, see more footage and see more evidence of what kind of car it is. You know, so it's a, it's a, I don't think it would be too much in, of a bad narrative in, in the case because it'd be like that was our first viewpoint of it but we got better camera footage and we were at better favor to better able to identify the vehicle no I, I agree but the problem comes in as to when they were when they did it because even if they did it see i don't see them i think that they had gotten information that it was a 2011 to 13 andre elantra what would make them change that? Like, like it would have to be a new view that showed something different. But the differences between those two different generations of vehicles are so small on a grainy video where light at night where light isn't reflecting properly. I mean, you have the Linda Lane footage where you have two vehicles parked directly in front of that camera and you can't see the license plate. Yeah. And so, uh, and they're, they're not moving, they're stationary. From all indication, uh, they, they don't show or they don't say in the probable cause affidavit that they have a video of Koberger or the alleged suspect who committed this crime that night parking and getting off their vehicle and getting back into their vehicle. If they did, they would have a more approximate time when the uh, incident occurred. And that would have definitely been in the probable cause affidavit as far as that goes. So every image that we know of that they have then is of the vehicle moving. So for them to make that change at some point, I'd find it unlikely unless they knew it wasn't accurate and they needed to change it because they got a name. Now this was on December 19th, uh, 2022, according to the New York times article, and I don't have it up, but I you guys can go find it on December 19th, 2022. Um, that is when they got Brian Koberger's name. That was that is the day the results came in. We don't know what time the results came in and what time uh, Chief Fry got that information. But if this was released in the morning before he got that information, I think there's something uh, interesting Where about what he says. With the number of tips that have come in and leads. We have had right around 10,000 tips come in. We're reviewing all those tips. We're checking um, to ensure that we um, have individuals who look at those tips and any piece of evidence that they can link to this case, they're doing so. 
what about the video evidence? How is that reviewed? What do you do with it? So we have a special team of individuals who are skilled at watching videos, collecting evidence and information out of those videos and linking them together so that we can tie every piece together for this investigation. What do you have for an update about the white Hyundai Elantra? We have uh, many tips that have come in on the 2011 to the 2013 Hyundai Elantra. But what we're asking is anybody else um, who still has. So December 19th, they're saying the 2011 to 13 Hyundai Elantra, they're not going for past that. Angel D says, I wish I could super chat that. When did the university security spot the white Elantra? And that was the 29th of November. But if you go back and read, um, between the lines there on the New York Times article and the Howard Bloom Airmail article, uh, there's a couple of things that indicate that they weren't too high uh, on Koberger as a, as a suspect. And one was that, you know, the New York Times article stated basically that his vehicle uh, didn't match the 2011 or 13 because this was a 15 and also because his phone, uh, his phone number didn't um, come up as a phone that was in the area during the commission of the crime when uh, they looked at his phone number from the citation that he got and compared it to the warrant that they got for the uh, cell phone tower um, nearest to the residence. And so in our opinion, they were looking at, at, at somebody else. And the biggest clue about why they weren't looking at Koberger is the white Elantra in Eugene, Oregon. That white Elantra in Eugene, Oregon um, crashed or was discovered crashed December 19th. December 19th is the same day that they got Koberger's name from the genetic tree. December 19th, Koberger was already in the Pocono Mountains. And in the Howard Airbloom article um, that indicates that on December 19th, Chief Fry had a pregnant smile because they felt that they had some information and they were, you know, maybe perhaps going to make a move soon. And it possibly had to do with the vehicle in Eugene, Oregon. December 19th, Moscow comes out with a press release about the vehicle in Eugene, Oregon. December 20th, uh, they say that it's no longer um, tied into the case. But if they thought that that vehicle on December 19th that was crashed because they couldn't see the, the license plates because they were removed um, was Brian Koberger because that's the day that they got his name from the genetic tree, that tells me they weren't watching him. They didn't know that he was in the Pocono Mountains. They had to go do a license plate reader check, uh, which is indicated in the probable cause affidavit that they uh, or in some of these articles. I'm not sure if it's in the affidavit or not, but in, uh, in many of the articles, they talk about a plate reader that caught his plate in Colorado and all these other things. So I think they ended up finding out that he was out there in the Poconos after that. So that's why I believe that Koberger wasn't very high suspect based off of all that information. Does that make sense to you, Big Blue? And for those playing bingo, we're playing the drinking game. Take a swig. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Take a swig for me today, guys. I have to work, so I don't get to drink. Well, that's unfortunate, Big Blue. Unfortunate. So let me see. Yeah, it's in the uh, PCA. Well. That was all off memory, y'all. It could be off on a couple of things. You will see, Jay. Oh, I'm getting that off, man. I, I like to enjoy my days off. and I've jumped on a few shows on my days off because I get bored, too. 
uh, race comes in with a 499 super chat. Thank you, DTS. I appreciate the fact that you guys are always reasonable and fair with your approach to your analysis. Thank you. We appreciate that. And we appreciate you. Thank you so much. And so, I was say, the other night I jumped on a show and I got to talk to Hector from Fast and the Furious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also jumped on another show and started talking about aliens. So. That's true. That is true. <laughs> I right, see. Um, the state has responded. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's, that's a good question. Where is Simon today? I don't know. This is the uh, this is one of his special days. He's out there in the woods right now. Yeah, he's probably out at the lake looking for Bigfoot. He's doing something. We never know. We'll find out on Friday. It's a secret. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go through some of this stuff real quick. Uh, let's see. Uh, the state responded that they provided... AV000123 discovered on 3-30-23 hour. They provide a recording is an in-person person interview with FBI agents rather than the phone interview done by Moscow Police Department. The state has been informed that this phone interview was completed by S.A. Shirley, who confirmed this reference phone interview was not recorded. So they did a recording. What's, what's on 23? All right, let's just go back to the top. Request four, all footage provided to forensic examiners to identify the make and model of the vehicle, all reports generated by the Elantra, all reports, communications, documentation related to the change of the year, CV credentials for forensic examiners. I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know what? That's just a different <clears throat> request. So request 17 was, all right, I read that wrong. I thought they had something to do with that. It's a different request, just doesn't tell us what the request is. But it appears that they had asked for a, an interview with uh, Moscow police that was done by Moscow police and what they were provided was an interview with FBI agents. I, I think that's a stall tactic, you know, to get, to be honest with you, all this crap going back and forth. I think it's a stall tactic. They're trying to get more evidence against, against Coburg and they're trying to force him to, you know, um, waive his right for a speedy trial. Uh, maybe they're looking for the weapon and they need some time. You know what I mean? What do you think, Blue? I think, uh, yeah, I think they're trying to push back the, they're, they're waiting on probably some studies still, probably maybe the autopsies and stuff. I'm not sure if they're all in yet. Hmm. I don't know. Let's see. Request 109, Ident identity of the FBI special agent that is a member of the cellular the cast team I consulted with the, de uh, the to determine the locations of the cell phone from 11-12 to 11-13 and all cast uh, certification records and training records. Uh, the state objects to this request for the reason that is outside the scope of ICR-16 and Koberger disagrees with the information that's largely relied upon in various warrants including the arrest warrant information relied upon in the search of so i do agree with that 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 he wants the identity of the fbi agents who uh did the casting so that he can determine their training records and that they were certified to um to to create this you know the uh the pings that would end up becoming a huge part of his arrest i mean we talked about how they use his historical data uh, as going out there 12 different times, also being, you know, having his phone off during the commission of the time and turning it back on right afterwards. We've seen all those things, right? 
I, I, I think that he should get that information. What do you think, Big Blue? Thank you, Timmy. Yeah, I mean, I think they should, but I think they, they're going to try to, like, dismiss him. So, you know, I was just going to the grocery store mm-hmm. in a different town because they have more vegan options, which there's no grocery store near there. So it's a lot. Right. No, I, I get that, but he's trying to get that information just thrown out completely. I mean, the, the yeah. best defense against any evidence is not having to make one. Yeah, he's like, you get what I'm saying? He's gonna go pick flowers in their neighbor's Mm -hmm. yard because he's he's making a bouquet for his teacher to apologize. Right, right. I mean, I'm not denying. I'm not saying that he was or wasn't there. That he has a a reason. They're trying to get the information about the people that that created um, the paperwork that led them to believe that he was there. You know, they want to see the work. I, I I don't disagree with them not getting the work. I, I think they should. I think I think both sides, the state and the defense, should have all the evidence. Yeah, I mean, they're they're gonna want to try to see all the evidence to see what. Like I said, sometimes he might not be talking or telling the whole truth to his defense team, and they need to know exactly who they're defending. So they need to get all their information say, hey, why did it show that you were here? What were you doing? And because that's what the prosecution's going to ask them. They're going to try to blame, you know, hey, you, you went there 12 times at that. Uh, and you said you never been to Pullman past this street. You know what I mean? Right. And when they ask him, because they're going to put him on the stand. Now, if he talks, that's up to him. No, true story. Uh, Zachary says, it says Mr. Koberger disagrees, not the defense. Does that mean it specifically was his input? Not necessarily the defense represents him. So they would be saying, you know, him in regards to everything. From my understanding, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, so uh, from my understanding. Uh, hey, guys, Australia here. Hope you're having a great day. Slash night. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Was there another one that I had seen? Mm-hmm. All right. So mm-hmm. let's continue. Oh, we have a, uh, Timmy comes in with a $10 super sticker. Thank you, Timmy. We appreciate that. So let's see. Uh, every every so time I hear one fan. Timmy, it, it reminds me of South Park, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> Request 136, all audio recordings related to all search warrants obtained to this matter. The state has responded that they're attempting to obtain this information if it exists. Uh, the state will comply with this request upon request. A receipt. The defense has been provided a photograph of a DVD entered into evidence as item 435, 23M-85 labeled SW audio, search warrant audio. There was also a notion that this DVD was copied to the county on a 11323. The state has complied with this request and has provided the following AV117 discovered on 2723. And so um that's just referencing the audio you remember that remember the uh, search warrant that we got yeah uh, that they mm-hmm. were knocking and they're like no no point because they had him under arrest but they had to do it just for the sake right yeah and um and then one of them said i think it's don daniel says you know i'll talk to you after my mic cuts and then like it's redacted you can't hear or see anything i think they want all of that i i would agree i i but this also kind of, I think this kind of implies that the defense is that they're going to say uh, Koberger was framed. 
what do you think? That's an angle that we keep hearing. I mean, it, it is an angle that we keep hearing, but I think that's what the defense's argument is going to be because based on the information that they're throwing out there. And I don't know. I don't know that's going to be a very strong argument on their behalf. I mean, just the fact that this was a multi-agency deal with a lot of checks and balances. Yeah, I was going to say the, the FBI wouldn't be part of a uh, wild goose chase, I think. I think that they have the right evidence. I just think the defense is trying to cross all their T's and dot all their I's because, you know, their, their goal is to either two things, get their, if he's innocent, get their innocent, um, what do you call it, defendant off, or a reduced sentence by trying to negotiate and trying to throw out some of the bigger evidence that they can use against him to reduce some of the, some of the, um, you know, time against him or the de DP. It's like right. the, uh, I was hearing, hearing, uh, I listened to P the public radio, PBR. So I was listening to that. They just released one of the, uh, one of the young ladies that helped with the Manson murders. Mm -hmm. And that the, you know, the, the governor of the 2014 denied her parole. And then I think the, the current governor also tried to deny her parole. But he, his uh, his got overridden, so they're gonna release her, or they did release her. And there's a lot of people frantic, you know, because right. she was part of those murders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Say alive, oh Jesus! Framing a student of criminology uh, who's pursuing a PhD. Ever, you know, I, I also say that he's not the right person, and I'm not saying that that's what happened here. I'm thinking that that's the defense's strategy i don't think it's a very strong one to be honest with you uh but you know they have the right to do their own thing there and number eight says request 164 body cam recordings notes photographs and all information collected at the autopsies by tolson vargas and gunnerson now if those three gentlemen aren't um i don't know who they are like i'll be flat out and honest with you uh, I don't know if they're officers, if they're detectives, if they're medical examiners, if they're uh, coroners. I, I don't know who these three individuals are. The state responded that they, they do not have these items in their possession. Clarification is needed if they exist or still in possession of another agency. The state has been advised these do not exist. If these are officers, they don't take notes and recordings to my understanding. I've never... I've never attended a uh, an autopsy. Big Blue, have you attended an autopsy? No, I've never attended one. From, from what I know is that the only person that is, um, you know, doing the notes or writing down anything is the expert, the person conducting the autopsy. It's their expert opinion that matters. Yeah. Um, now, the officers can be explained things. Like, oh, this is what I see. This is what I see. This is what it is. But all of their information comes back in a report from the person conducting the autopsy. I know and, that in most autopsies, there has to be, I think, a witness. So there is sometimes an officer. If it's like a, 
uh, on a lighting case. And I, and I know sometimes there's medical transcriptionists, you know, because the, uh, the coroner, whoever's doing the autopsy can't be writing their stuff down. So they either record their stuff or there's actually like an actual person with a laptop standing right next to them typing everything up, kind of like a court reporter. Yeah. So it just varies on the funding that they have. Because a lot of the people record themselves on a mic talking and then they send it somewhere and then it comes back typed up. Or they got Dragon Breath, which is a pretty cool new little tool that a lot of doctors use. And as you as you just pressing the mic, it's typing for you, man. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Let's see. Um, we have a couple of questions we'll take and then we'll uh, call it a show. We're well over our hour and I know you got to go to work in about four minutes. Yeah. Uh, Erica says, uh, do you think you'll get found not guilty or be exonerated? I don't know, to be honest with you. Um, right now, do I think he did it? Yes. Do I think that there's reasonable doubt as of today? Yes. So do I think, you know, with the information that we have right now, you're muted by the way, the information that we have right now. I think it's uh, dragon, dragon speak, but I said dragon breath. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right now, I, I would have a difficult time saying that he is guilty. I don't think he's going to be exonerated. I don't think there's... Uh, anything that's out there that's going to prove that he is innocent. I think that he, if anything, he may be found not guilty or be acquitted. Uh, you know, if there was something out there that could exonerate him, like for instance, an alibi, I feel that that may have, would have come out already. Let's see. Um, I see a super chat. Those are the three officers, and thank you, uh, uh, Chief, with your four ninety nine super sticker uh, or super chat. Uh, three law enforcement that Ann Taylor asked for the info. Got you. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that, like for instance, detectives have, you know, gone to aut autopsies and things of that nature, uh, but I don't think they write reports or any of those things. I think that comes from whoever's conducting the autopsy. So I understand why they, she would want their, you know, training and stuff. And I, I think they should get everything that they want in that aspect. But it just kind of leads me to believe that, you know, they're kind of pulling at straws, in my opinion. Uh, I'm going to end the poll. We had 702 votes with 43% of you guys saying yes, 57% of you guys saying no. And the question was, if you were the prosecution... Would you uh, take a plea of life without parole for the why? Big Blue, I know I asked you earlier, but if this goes to trial and, you know, it looks like Koberger's guilty and, you know, he, he were to plea out, would you accept that as a prosecutor? I don't think... You know why? I think everybody wants to know why, but I think as a prosecutor... You, you would want to probably put it as a vote to the families. See, you know, as the more respect to them. Because a lot of people, like I said, with the Manson case, they're releasing that, that, that lady. I mean, she's elderly now, right? But she's going to go back into the world. I mean, she right. murders some, somebody's family member. So I don't think they're going to want that. 
And as far as who went to Africa eight hours later, uh, I don't know if anybody did. I know there's been rumors, but I honestly don't know anybody that went to Africa. Let's see. I, in fact, I, th I don't think anything of that was ever confirmed. But yeah, to me, Blue, I don't know, man. I think that if you have somebody who, because right now I think that this case is, is kind of, it's up in the air a little bit. I think if you got a guaranteed conviction and yeah. this guy's never going to see the light of day and you don't know, you know why? Uh, I don't think you'll find it. Yeah, I, I know that's the rumor, but nobody ever confirmed that. Yeah. It was, that was never confirmed. And so... Um, I think that was the rumor because he had gone hunting at one point in Africa or his family went hunting in Africa at one point uh, before the incident had occurred. Uh, and so people ran wild with those those rumors. I, I've not seen anything that was confirmed on that aspect. But let's see. Yeah, I think that's all we got for today, Big Blue. Do you have any final words or final questions? Yeah, I wanted to say this crazy story that happened to me the other night. So, let's hear your story, my man. It's, it's one of my wild ones, right? No, it's not that wild. So the other night, uh, there's you know I work in the in the in the medical center where there's a lot of homeless people, and they come in and ask for water sometimes, right? So this guy comes in. He's he's a little off, man. He's got like a twitch, and you know he talks to himself, and you know he gets water, goes to the restroom real quick, and he's been there like three or four days but that day i kept seeing him walk in without any shoes i was like man what happened to this guy's shoes like he's walking in barefoot right and he's been walking mm -hmm. by himself the whole night like he probably came in like four times that night and then he comes up to me and he's like hey what kind of office is this is like what's uh, it's an urgent care right and then uh and then he's like and he leaves, right? I said, like, okay. And then he comes back like two minutes later. I was like, okay, well, he's back again. I said, how can I help you? He's like, can you come in the ambulance for my girlfriend? I was like, so what girlfriend? He's been coming in here all night by himself. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but a few nights ago, there was a young lady that kept coming in too. So I was like, you know what? There was a young lady that kept coming in. And I think I saw him walking together when I was pulling into work. So he's like, yeah, she's pregnant. And her water broke and she needs help. I said, okay, well, where is she? She's like two buildings down. So I said, you know what? I had seen a lady with him, so I went ahead and called 911. I said, meet me outside. I said, I know the police, no, the ambulance normally takes about six to 12 minutes. So I had her run out there, and I told the, the, the you know, 911 operator, like, let me make sure there's actually a lady. It's not just a crazy person, because, of course, I have crazy people come talk to me, too. <laughs> so... I ran out there, man, and this poor girl, she was probably like two buildings down for real. It was like two blocks I had to run. And uh, she was having contractions, her water broke, and she was like laying on the floor, just miserable, man. They were sleeping in a cardboard box with a little tiny blanket. I know it's hot, but you know, I felt so bad for him. But then I made sure she was okay. She was still breathing. She was just, you know, her water broke and she was just sweating in, in, in uh, contractions. And I heard the ambulance because, like I said, it only takes about six to 12 minutes. So I ran all the way back. And I was tired by then, man. And then I was, like, walking back with the ambulance. And I told them, look, they're right over there. I was going to get the wheelchair and bring her in. But I said, uh, you need to help her. So, man, hopefully that that uh, baby made it because she was only 29 weeks. Oh, man. And, and the sad part about it is I'm not sure it was because of his condition 
or what. Supposedly he's the father of the baby, but the ambulance only took her. So he came in, got one more bottle of water, and he's like, do you know how far this hospital is? It's like, man, that's about three miles that way, man. He's like, okay. And he just took off walking. So I think he had to walk all the way to the hospital. Damn. That's so, so just, you know, keep in mind, man, some of these people that are living out on the streets, they're, they need help sometimes. You know what I mean? I, 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 honestly, if he was still there, I probably would have taken him some shoes or something, man. Because I felt bad because he was walking barefoot all the way to the medical center. Damn, so, man. So, uh, I was like, just, just, just keep it in mind out there, guys. There's people out there that, you know, need help. You think you're having a bad day. Somebody else is having a worse one. Yeah, yeah, 100%, man. That was horrible. Hopefully, everything ended up in the right direction. And hopefully, yeah. uh, uh, things end up turning right for them. Uh, but with that being said, y'all, we'll be back on Friday. Jaime will be back on the show, I believe, uh, unless something crazy happens but he should be back on friday night uh i'm not sure what we're going to talk about yet uh let us know on twitter we're at drunk turkey show leave us a message if you have any topic ideas things of that nature uh, if there's more news in the coburger case then we'll, we'll talk about it but if not we'll see you guys on friday mm -hmm. that being said peace out y'all take care guys